This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Bob Comsick. Welcome back. And if you're just joining us, good afternoon. It's long been known that Alzheimer's patients often retain musical memories. But now researchers in this country think they know why. Familiarity. The long and winding road that leads to your door. Dr. Corrine Fisher, director of the Memory Disorders Clinic at St. Mike's Hospital here in Toronto, where 20 patients were enrolled in a study to find out what was occurring in their brains while they listened to music they were familiar with, as well as something they had never heard before. Dr. Fisher is on the line. Welcome. Thank you very much. And before telling us how you carried this out, why was it felt that this might prove helpful in this area of research? Well, I think for some of the reasons you identified, you know, we, we, uh, see, a lot, we see a lot of patients, and it, it's interesting, when patients come through the door, um, you know, they'll often say that, uh, you know, if they participate in art or they listen to music, they feel so much better and they remember so much better. We, we've also had the privilege of, you know, seeing patients with more advanced symptoms of, of Alzheimer's disease who, um, for example, retain the ability to appreciate a song or a piece of music or retain the ability to play a piece of music in spite of the fact that their disease is very advanced. So, those are some of the things that led us to think, well, it might be interesting to see what's actually going on in the brain if we expose uh, patients with pathology, with, with disease, to, to music. All right, so explain, if you will, just how did you carry this out and some of your findings without maybe getting overly sure. Uh, detailed? Sure. So um, we recruited patients with very mild symptoms. So patients with mild Alzheimer's disease or what we would call mild cognitive impairment. So these are patients that had mild symptoms. They were able to function in, in, in their lives, but they had some mild forgetfulness. And uh, we recruited about 20 of those patients. And we, um, what we did is we um, had them identify for us some music that, they, that was of some relevance in their past. Maybe it was a song they listened to at their wedding or some other event. Um, and then we also uh, created a newly uh, formed or developed piece of music for them to listen to. And then we put them through the MRI machine, and we looked at the patterns of brain activation when we, when we played in the machine, the familiar music and the, and the unfamiliar, newly developed music, if you will. When we played the newly developed music that they'd never, ever heard before, um, you know, the typical areas of the brain lit up, uh, what's called the temporal lobe. That's what normally lights up when you hear anything. Um, so that was not a surprise. However, when we played the music that had some relevance, the familiar music, uh, not only did the temporal lobes light up, but there were multiple other brain regions that lit up uh, corresponding to uh, areas of emotional uh, response. Um, I won't get into the details of what those brain areas were, but the, the activation was much more extensive and involved areas of the brain that aren't usually affected 
by Alzheimer's disease pathology. So that led us to think, well, maybe that's why uh, people can appreciate music, even if they've got fairly extensive Alzheimer's disease. Yeah, and the fact that it seems, uh, depending on whether one has it, whether it's mild or whatever, Mm. but did you find... And have you found that maybe with those who are, have a more advanced case mm-hmm. that it's the same response or not? That's an excellent question. Unfortunately, because we're doing these, these sophisticated imaging procedures, we're really limited in terms of who we can select, and we usually end up selecting people with milder symptoms. The second part of the study, which I should mention, is we had then sent people back home, and we, sent, we created a playlist of the familiar music, if you will, music that had some uh, emotional connotation for their lives. And they, we asked them, listen to this music uh, for an hour a day for three weeks, and we're going to rescan your brain after that. So they did that, and then when we rescanned the brain, uh, what we found were changes not in the area of the unfamiliar music, but in the area of the familiar music again. There was a downregulation of activation in those brain regions, and we also found improvement in the brain's connections compared to uh, before the intervention. So not only was this these you know not only was this familiar music activating parts of the brain. Uh, by exposing their brains to it on a daily basis for three weeks, it was also able to enhance the brain's connectivity, uh, and which which we found very uh, you know very enlightening, if you will. Uh, this was not something that we had predicted, and um, and it shows that uh, that repeated exposure to familiar music, you know, may have some potential as even a, a you know um, a therapeutic modality for Alzheimer's disease. This study needs obviously to be replicated with a larger sample, but it does it does show some um, some promise. Now, your findings were presented what just the other day out in California at a conference. Yeah, the in San Francisco, I believe the International Society for Neuroscience, uh, presented by uh, Dr. Michael Tao, who's an associate uh, full professor uh, at uh, the University of Toronto and uh, runs a co-laboratory uh, in music and neuroscience, uh, and is a chair there as well in that area, who's a, a very um, uh, uh, lead author on, on a, an abstract that we presented there, and has been very, very involved in uh, developing this study. How did your findings go over with, uh, with your, your colleagues there in terms of knee-jerk reaction to the findings? Well, you know, I, uh, I haven't spoken to Michael since he presented it, but he did present something similar at a, at a conference uh, a while ago. And he said people were, you know, when he put up that scan of the people, um, uh, of the familiar and the unfamiliar music, that was what really, what really um, excited people, if you will, that, that, that you could actually, that the patterns of brain activation were so different. Uh, and that, you know, when you listen to something that has meaning for you, the, the degree of brain activation and the areas that are, 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 um, are activated in your brain are so much more extensive. And I think that was the, the, uh, the thing that, based on my previous conversations with him, really, really excited people. Uh, it would seem to, to make sense in terms of having a, a warm emotional reaction to music you're familiar with, and thus the music we play here at AM740, which is Zoomer hits, and, and a lot of, uh, of our listeners can relate to uh, music that uh, they heard in, in other stages of their, of their life, and uh, it you know, brings them back to listen because the music's here, and it, it takes them back to other times in their lives. 
Absolutely, and and the the you know it, it's it's interesting to think about what's going on in your brain when you're uh, when you're listening to that. Everybody has that have had that experience. They start to hear a song, and they it brings them back to another time in their life, maybe a good time, maybe a bad time, but it evokes some sort of emotional response. And and our study really showed that that corresponds to significantly more brain activation than if you listen, you're just listening to something that you've never heard before. So as you said, in terms of what to do with these findings and more tests have to be done, and, and there have been uh, quite a few studies, I believe, done where Alzheimer's and music is somehow part of the, the testing to see what possible uh, impact it might have as far as from a, from a therapeutic standpoint. Absolutely. There's been a, a lot that's been done but not as much that's been done to correlate the clinical outcomes, if you will, with what's going on in the brain. So a lot of studies looking at does music help, but what's, there's been fewer studies that have actually looked at why does it help? What are the brain mechanisms? Uh, and if we understand that a little bit better, well, maybe we can design other therapies that can, again, help to improve the, the connections in the brain. And I guess, doctor, it's it'll take a while before, or maybe there's some research uh, being started up as we speak, or at least plans for such research in order to take what you found now and take it to the next level. Yeah, I think this is a this is a, an interesting study, it's a pilot study, though ostensibly because it was a, a relatively small number of patients. And what we want to do is a much bigger study involving multiple sites that would, uh, you know, determine two things: can we replicate these findings? And, and is this a persistent finding? In other words, do the, do the, the memory benefits, are they transient or do they, do they last? Because we also found after the intervention that memory scores went up. And uh, we want to show, is that, we're wondering, is that transient or is that something that's persistent over time? Dr. Corrine Fisher, director of the Memory Disorders Clinic at St. Michael's Hospital, talking about uh, recent findings of a study to see what happens in one's brain when you hear music you're familiar with and compositions you're not, and just how this might help in the area of Alzheimer's research. Thanks for your time and for your efforts. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.